Well, welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews, as well as personal and relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? Welcome everyone. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our show. We have a very special treat for you guys tonight. We uh, we want to wake, welcome our specialist, Ms. Julie Worley, who is a parent and grandparent of children attending schools in Houston County, uh, in Houston County, Tennessee, and president of Tennessean for Nonviolent School Discipline. And her website is um, http colon forward slash forward slash for kid sake dot org a children's advocate working to abolish school corporal punishment hitting of children in the US follow on Twitter at no number two hitting no number two hitting and again if this is your first time being here I want to say thank you and I encourage you to keep listening we have some stuff to talk about I mean, we got to get into it. Stop the violence against children. Violence is going on against our children every single day here in America. And we want to petition the federal government. We want to petition the governor and the government to stop corporal punishment against our children. We need to stop corporal punishment against our children. And your voice matters. There is no difference in abuse from whether you are yelling at a child, pulling a child's ear, slapping a child, beating a child, whipping a child with a paddle. It's all abuse. Abuse is abuse. There's no such thing as, oh, um, it's not really abuse because, you know, it's corporal punishment. No, it's abuse. Children, they have a right to their bodies. They have a right to be respected. They have a right to be heard. And they have a right not to be treated inhumane. Uh, We're going to be bringing Miss Julie on the line in just a few moments. I am just so pleased to have her as our special guest tonight. And we have a lot to learn, guys. You're in for a very, very special treat. So with no further ado, we're going to bring in Miss Julie. Hi, this is Julie. 
Hey, Julie. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm going to be here. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I was just telling our listeners that we've got a lot to talk about. We got some laws that we need to change. We got some bills that need to be passed. And I just want to thank you for your resilience and for everything that you've done to shed light on this situation, right, on this appalling situation with our children. Uh, With this Stop the Violence Against Children piece, it's imperative that we continue this work. And you have shared some phenomenal information, and I appreciate you so much. I just want you to know that I really appreciate you. So with no further ado, let's get into it. (laughs) Okay. Well, currently there's a bill in Kentucky to ban hitting children in schools, in the public and private schools in Kentucky, in the state of Kentucky. And we need that worldwide. We do. Oh, yes. And I think that that is the direction that we're moving. And it's a painful journey making this change. It's necessary and it's the right thing to do. But the resistance, sadly, is comes down to politicians and they're pandering to religious conservative type people for their votes. And that's what it comes down to because the medical community has been against this for a couple of decades, the American Academy of Pediatrics urging our lawmakers to ban this uh, hitting of children with wooden boards in schools. It's the deliberate infliction of physical pain uh, and as corporal punishment, that's what corporal punishment is. And, you know, the words that we use, the language that we use does matter. We don't call it corporal punishment. We call it hitting because it is hitting. And it's the deliberate infliction of physical pain, which is completely unacceptable. There's 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 no difference from, you know, a child being hit and an adult being hit. Like If you hit someone, the rule of thumb is it's abuse. It's assault. Absolutely. It's assault on another human being. That's right. Our children have no legal protection against it. It's outrageous. We have to change that. Yes, there was a bill passed, I think, at the end of last year that animal cruelty is a felony, a federal felony. But our children, they can be beaten, I mean, brutally beaten in a school, in a public school. Oh, yeah, tell me about it and injuries and traumatized, and they can't even get so much as an apology from the school, usually. And even though educators have been arrested on felony utility charges, it usually goes nowhere. It ends up being dropped, dropped out of their file. There's no record of it. Um, they're, they're practically immune in some places, and uh, this is completely unacceptable. The fact of the matter is corporal punishment Most of it happens in just four states in the South, and those states are Texas, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Alabama. There's a whole lot of paddling of children going on there, and it reflects badly on the educators. To me, that says that we need training on how to deal with discipline issues and that we're lazy, frankly. I, I don't see how anyone could seriously call themselves or consider themselves to be an educator if that's what they do to children, especially when they know that it doesn't work because the same children are paddled 
repeatedly. And, you know, like I said, the the terror of it, some of these children, we're talking kids in kindergarten, even four years old, all the way through high school. There's a lawsuit right now in New, New Orleans, uh, well, in Louisiana, I'm not sure if it's New Orleans, where a high school student, he was an athlete, paddled repeatedly with a paddle called Big Freedia, and there's a lawsuit against that going on. But like I said, usually these lawsuits don't go anywhere, but it does cost taxpayers uh, to try to defend these lawsuits against these school districts. And the whole the whole situation is uh, really frustrating. I've been advocating for children to have the right to a safe learning environment that doesn't include violence against them, hitting them with a wooden board since 2008. And, you know, the change is coming, and it's just like almost a school district at the time. It's, we haven't had a state ban it since New Mexico did in 2011. And uh, here in Tennessee, about two years ago, there was a law that was passed protecting uh, children with disabilities from being paddled in school. And unfortunately, it is discriminatorily applied and disproportionately affects boys, children with disabilities, students, um, children in low-income areas, and children, you know, that are black or maybe Hispanic are peddled more than their peers. And it's just not acceptable. We can do better. It doesn't cost anything to ban it. All they have to say is stop hitting the kids, and uh, that's the right thing to do. It's better because it's been found, studies have shown that it's not effective. It does contribute to aggressive behavior and another uh, situation which they call adverse childhood experiences. Uh, the short term is ACEs, and that's where, you know, the traumatic experiences that we have when we're children cause us mental and physical health problems over our lifetimes. So we know that this isn't something that we should be doing to any child. And in fact, most of the United States, the majority of school districts in large urban areas and 31 states have had this banned in schools for decades, literally. It has been a non-issue. It's pretty much hands off the kids. But in some of these places in the South, we just can't root it out. And like I said, the obstacle is the politicians. Like here we are in Kentucky, and the same thing happened in North Carolina. It passed the House, this bill. This bill has been gone through the process, This is, I believe, the third time. Students were involved with writing this bill and working with lawmakers, and they were there testifying to the House in Kentucky the members of the House of Representatives, and the bill did pass there, and it has a lot of support, bipartisan support. There were people there from the medical community in Kentucky and and even educators. Um, Everyone is supporting this bill, but now it's made it to the House, and the House chairman there, Max Wise, there was just an article published on March the 5th saying that the bill paddling in Kentucky schools is idle but is not dead yet. So he's holding off on this, bringing it to a vote, waiting to hear from lawmakers who want to talk to superintendents in their district. And according to the article, uh, there have been just a couple of districts over 12 
in Kentucky that used corporal punishment last year, and there were 284 instances of paddling, and most of that happened in eastern Kentucky. But uh, the children's youth advocates there, Kentucky youth advocates, have been working on this since 2009, trying to get it banned there. Uh, And they're saying it just doesn't work, and it's the opposite of what education is trying to achieve. So I I do think that we're making progress, and it's just maddeningly slow. It's taking so long. And we just have to be persistent and, um, you know, hope for politicians who are more uh, caring about what's going on with our children because this can reduce you know, violent crime, domestic abuse, uh, people that are unemployed or have addictions or that end up going to prison. All of those things are considered uh, adverse childhood experiences, and those are some of the negative outcomes that end up costing taxpayers. So it does make sense to deal with this, you know, while the child is in school and try to do things that are positive behavior supports like um restorative justice where you find out what's going on with the child. You know, maybe there are issues at home. And sometimes kids just need to talk. We're not treating children like children. We're punishing them for being children. And that's unacceptable. And it's really unacceptable when animals have more more legal protection against being assaulted than a child. It's absurd, Julie, is what it is. It's absurd. It is. I, I just, I'm just wondering... Why is corporal punishment one of the hottest topics widely debated by the federal government, like psychologists, experts, and parents? Why is that? Right? Because I think it's hidden from view. People don't realize this is still going on. They thought it ended decades ago, and they're so wrong. They don't know. People don't know. And in private religious schools that do receive taxpayer funding, this is going on. Uh, people just don't have any idea. It's going on, I think, in 48 states in private religious schools that get taxpayer funding, charter schools. But but um, public schools, it's legal in 19 states, but like I said, most of it happens down in the south. And four states account for like 70% of the school punishment. But where I live in Tennessee, most of the school districts here in Tennessee do allow corporal punishment. And sometimes children come home brutalized. I mean, they've got bruises all up and down their body. And I don't know why why people don't use common sense. I mean, it, I wouldn't ever pick up a board child. Uh, you know, and some people are so afraid of lawsuits, they won't even put sunscreen on a child if they're going to be out in the sun or whatever. But yet they'll hit them with a wooden board. It makes absolutely no sense at all. And there are federal bills to ban this. There, there's one been introduced, I think, six times. Uh, Representative Hastings from Florida is the latest uh, sponsor. It's HR 727. And it never makes any progress. It's just sitting there in Congress, but it's a good bill. And like I said, the only holdup here is it's not a priority to our lawmakers. And people don't know about it, so. I think if we, you know, we got to keep it in the front and center. We have to keep it front and center. Right. Um, You know, yeah. You will find that there it is constantly in the news. There, people do research, and people have pushed for these good changes for our children. All of our children deserve to be treated humanely and in a safe environment in school where they're not afraid of being hit by the adult in charge. That's got to be terrifying. I can't even imagine it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and, terrifying for a child. 
they're already intimidated Absolutely. because you're an adult and you're taller than them. And then for you to physically oh, harm yeah. them and threaten them, you know, intimidate right. them and, and assault to, them day yeah. to day. They're in pain and they have to sit there with tears running down their and humiliated, go back into the classroom and to you as being the adult in charge. It's outrageous. It's irreparable harm. It they're cer- never going to be. It certainly is. It certainly is. That's you know? right, and there's no one there to protect them. It's just unbelievable. And we've had so many, you know, professionals come forward and uh, try to advocate on behalf of the children. I don't know why we're having such a – why there's such an issue on this. Uh, I mean, politics one, you think the D.C. – one, you think DCSF would be uh, definitely involved in, in, in a situation like this, right, uh, as they are in the you case of so. minorities? You think that they'd be well, head in on this? Well, you know? here in Tennessee, you know, several children in the last few years have shown up with bruises, and the state officials at the Department of Children's Services have stated that there is no wrongdoing because the law allows it. it was, it's basically no rules. Anything goes. And they don't protect children. They can come home all bruised or whatever, and you're just basically out of luck if you're the parent. It's and so horrific. parents go crying to the, the news, and they, you know, try to warn other parents about it. But the thing is, state mm-hmm. law here in Tennessee, for instance, does not even require parental consent. They don't have to call you. They don't have to notify you. They can take your child and hit them with a piece of wood. Mm, 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 mm. You know, it's because of it. it's because of advocates like yourself and uh, Jody Cohen and is it uh, Haru Corn as well? Is it Corn or Cor- Cor- Am I saying Cohen, their names? Yeah. Co- Cohen. I know yeah, Cohen, but then there's right. Yeah, then there's C-O-R-Y-N-E. Is that Haru Corin? Oh, maybe, yeah. Those are people that work on an investigation with ProPublica. Right, um, ProPublica, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, Jennifer Smith, she was one of the other ones as well. Yeah, and they expose what's going on to the kids in the school. I love it. I love that they're exposing what's going on with these children. I just don't want to be butchering their names, but <laughs> I want to definitely um, say thank you to, to Stacey Padden and Joey Cohen and Haru Cohen for, for the work that they've done and Jennifer Smith and yourself and all the other advocates that are fighting for justice uh, in an unjust society that, that fails to protect our children from such heinous crimes as assault against their, their bodies. It, it It's just horrible. And it matters. I mean, it's, that's right. These kids, they're going to be adults in the working world, and they're going to be our future, and we need to show them some respect. The only way you can get a child to respect you is you have to earn it. You cannot get respect through fear and violence. That's not going to happen. If you're treated with fear and no. violence, you're going to distrust that person, and you're going to be angry, and you're not and you're going, going to, to reproduce that fear. punishment with four. Yeah. You're right. not going to remember what that punishment was for. You're just going to avoid being caught, you know. So that it's it's ineffective. It's unfair. It's unjust. And it's a fault. I, you know, they they would never show that on TV because it would stop in a real hurry. If they had, like, you know, showed it on the 5 o'clock news, these children being paddled in schools. I think they should have cameras in the, in the, the school uh, buildings in all the common areas so that uh, people could just check in and see what's happening with the children. Exactly, they because you got some of these schools, they got, a, they, got, they got a closed-door policy. They sure you, do. They have you a closed-door policy in. where you can't just come in. you got to let right. them know and that you you're coming your to voice, these schools. They'll have you arrested and hauled out of there. That's right. You can't go in there and threaten anyone, which is 
I understand that's how it should be. But uh, but they do need to be held responsible for the way they treat the kids. And I, I think that we're moving that direction, but it's just taking time. And it does take people to speak out, and it does take investigative journalists to uh, show what's been happening so that it's more of a common knowledge and, and uh, that brings about change. And I think with social media these days, it gives everyone a voice and we can all share our experiences and the people that are interested in those experiences can find that online and we can get together and advocate together or at least toward the same goal. And that's going to bring about the changes. But I think Ayanna Presley that was recently introduced in Congress in the United States Congress to try to incentivize uh, moving away from punitive measures in schools with children and trying to encourage more positive interactions with the kids for for their health and for everyone's safety. And it's just, it makes good sense. And, and if, if they incentivize it with federal tax dollars, it could actually happen. And I think that those changes will be coming in the future and hopefully very soon. Yeah, anytime you talk about grant money and additional monies, uh, they will definitely get their act right together. We're going to bring on uh, my co-host, Ms. Lucinda. She's also uh, an educator as well. Uh, Lucinda, your phone line is open. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad I joined. This is is something that uh, I'm passionate about. I'm glad you joined, too. Our kids deserve it. Julie, meet Lucinda, our co-host. Uh, Lucinda, Hi, Julie. Julie. We got a lot of people on the line tonight. These days, yeah. And the resources are free to anyone online. You can find uh, not like child discipline resources, and I know good ones off the top. Of, well, three good ones off the top of my head. Uh, one is SpareTheKids.com. And that's run by Stacey Patton, and she's an author, and she's a very strong advocate for uh, nonviolent treatment of children, especially in our schools. And uh, another is .com, and that is run by Asada Kirkland, and she wrote a book, and it's excellent. And she passes it out. I believe she's based out of Chicago. And she meets people on the bus or whatever, and she shares her book and her time, and she talks to people. And she's just a lovely life out loud type person. And uh, the last one I can think of off the top of my head is Project which is .net. And that's Repeat that again because you're breaking up. Project .net. That's clear. Thank you. So those are all places people can go online to learn more about nonviolent uh, child discipline. There's also you know, Julie, uh, PBIS. Oh, PBIS? Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Mhm. Schools, which we're moving more toward that and restorative justice. And I think that those are much better ways to approach when a child's having, not to punish them, but to try to get to the root of what's causing it and how can we help. Absolutely. You know, I just wish we had advocates like this when I was growing up. I uh I know. I've I heard that and I, I see was, you see so I many was comments. definitely a victim. Uh, 
Yes. Yeah, I was just going to say that I was definitely a victim. Like, I grew up and, uh, in Illinois, a small town, and the school that I was attending, they bared no shame. They would whip you with a paddle, a wooden paddle, a rubber paddle, a yardstick, I mean, just whatever. And I got it pretty regular in school, I tell you. It was just horrible. I hated school. I can't even imagine what it's like to witness that much less to have it done to you. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be the horrifying and terrifying. I just can't imagine it. And I wouldn't want that for my child. I wouldn't want them even to be in in an environment like that. That's just that's just one aspect of the abuse. Not to mention right. you've got children being restrained, you got children being in seclusion, you know, that's uh, right. the, the the whole school to prison pipeline. You know, we've got that, right. that going on as well. And it's I mean, real. it's just it's one after the other. And unfortunately, we just uh, don't put as much thought and effort into what's going on with the kids as we need to because we can't trust, unfortunately, we can't trust the people in charge that are working mm-hmm. in these schools or whatever. They, they're they exposed to whatever that person's issues are, you know. And I think most educators are good. But there are some who are abusive, and, you know, it, it's a tragic thing. Some of the things that happened in the schools, it's been detailed in other investigative uh, reports. Back in 2009, there was a CBS investigation uh, by the United States Government Accountability Office that found that abuse in schools is widespread. And since then, really not much has changed. And we are starting to see changes. This ProPublica did that investigative um, report there in Illinois in the schools, and the governor mm-hmm. jumped right in to take emergency action to to halt the isolated timeouts in the schools. Yep, and that's that's good. We're seeing progress because when we have reports like that, it sheds light where it needs to be, so that people are more aware of it. And when abusive situations are happening to children, they're so innocent. Uh, you know, people demand that. You know, we change that. So uh, this is going to happen. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. We're going to continue to fight this fight and advocate for these children because they are certainly a significant part of our future. And we have to protect them. If we don't protect them, no one else will protect them. These are our doctors, lawyers, educators, scientists, geologists, NASA, uh, you know, we need them. We need them. And if yeah, we are no stunting their are, growth and their future now. What, yeah. You know, they're going to be, they're important in somebody's life now, and they will be the rest of their life. And we need to make sure that we're treating them right. It matters. And it doesn't matter. They're the, yeah. the person that serves our food or whatever. I mean, all of those, all all people matter. It doesn't matter where they come from. And to treat them differently based on where they live, because this is what it comes down to is zip codes. And right, exactly. That's not acceptable. And, you know, the United States is the only nation that has not signed the United Nations Treaty, uh, uh, for, uh, treaty for Children, you know, saying that children deserve uh, not to be abused, et cetera. We're the only nation that won't I, sign that because I our wonder why that is. folks want to believe that their children is, are their property. And, you know, if they want to beat them, they can. 
which is not okay. So I think that we're going to see, we'll get there. You know, it's just been a, a struggle. And it's, but it's a struggle that's worth it. The fight, it's worth it. So, um mm-hmm. I, and raising awareness, which we, we we're doing that, and like I said, we they're using our words now. You know, now they're using words that everyone can understand. They're not dressing it up and calling it a cute thing like paddling. You know, that sounds so sweet. It doesn't sound harmful, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It is very harmful. It is absolutely because they're beating these children. They're hitting these children. They are assaulting these children. It, it, it is all the same. It's abuse. It is assault. It's abuse. It's mental it abuse. Assault. It's, it's physical abuse. If you, if you work and your boss could take you in the office and take a big wooden banking paddle and, and hit you with it a couple of times, can you imagine how that would feel? I, I can't even imagine it. And this is what's happening. I need children. you to. Julie, I need you to repeat that because you kind of went in and out again. Just repeat what okay. you just said. I want to make sure that I we have that clear. If your employer could take you and paddle you in an office for being late, say, you know, this is what our children are facing. And it is assault. And the only group of people that are government employees, people who work for schools that are paid tax dollars to their children and to teach them, uh, They, they, they're not held to a standard to protect our children. There's no legal protection. And you can't even enter a government building with a school spanking paddle. It's considered a deadly weapon. Uh, another fellow ad- advocate had gone up to mm-hmm. the U.S. Supreme Court building, and the security people at the U.S. Supreme Court building told her that that was considered a deadly weapon. But in our schools, it's used to discipline children. And like I said earlier, Discipline and uh, respect are two different things. You can discipline mm-hmm. them without hitting them. And mm-hmm. you will never respect by you know, You have to earn that respect. And that it, respect is mutual. It has to be earned. That's right. And that's Definitely. And we, if you treat them yeah. with respect, that's how they learn. And with that, we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to bring on another caller. And I believe this is Aliyah. Let's open up your phone line. Aaliyah, are you there? I am here. Hey, Aaliyah, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Say hi to the gang. We're all here. Hello. Hi, Aaliyah. Hi there. You just feeling the love. Any questions or comments? <laughs> um. There's one comment. Uh, I am from the South, and uh, Florida um, has a corporal punishment thing where um, it's allowed. Um, It absolutely is. As a matter of fact, that uh, I actually had to sign a paper when I put my child into school whether I want them to be spanked at school or not. And I chose not, you know, I'm not going to have someone spank my child type thing. Um, right. Yeah, so what you're saying is correct. Uh, I remember when I was back in school, uh, you always see the same kids get um, a paddling. And uh, there was one time my brother got in trouble 
and uh, they actually called my father from work and had him come down and paddle my brother at school while the principal watched. I've heard of that before. I can't imagine it because I don't I don't spank my children. I don't hit them. I can't. I wouldn't do that. And my see, kids brother, don't know. Um, they can say no. My, my brother was uh, in for paddling so much that uh, he knew to wear at least five to six pairs of underwear, so he wouldn't feel it. Oh, yeah, and even that, you're still going to feel some stuff. I'm telling you, listen, mm-hmm. I got my butt whooped in school so much, and I, I would get it from my first-grade teacher, my second-grade teacher. On one incident, one incident I remember, I, my first-grade, second-grade teacher whooped me, took me to the principal's office. The principal wouldn't whoop me because we were family. However, she called the, the PE teacher. Big, strong guy, almost six feet tall, right? Mm -hmm. He whooped me. When I went home, I got whipped. So I got my butt whooped when I tell you when I went back to school, my butt was sore, swollen, bleeding. I was, I hated the world. Mm -hmm. I hated the world. You're not alone, though. It's happened to many people. And decades later, they're still angry about it. It, well, and it, um, it, it, it's psychologically uh, traumatizing to some people. I mean, well, they may maybe experience the very severe, like your incident there that you just described. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. um, also from um, a Southern point of view, uh, Southerners really believe in tradition and uh, old-time ways, basically, as in, um, you know, your child did something really bad, so I'm going to spank you and you're going to learn your lesson. Oh yeah, and I I know a lot of uh, parents who do it. I don't do it personally myself. I try to talk it out with my children, except for my four year old. He doesn't want to talk. <laughs> but um, but it's mostly like, okay, you don't want to listen to me. You don't want to do what I say. I've had it to a point. I'm going to take something away from you and let that be a lesson learned. I have told my kids, pick up your um, toys. They don't pick up their toys. I put it in a trash bag and I put them in my closet. You have to earn your toys back now. Yeah, there I are think. other things you can mm-hmm. do without having to right. hit them. And Because when you do that, they're not going to remember why you hit them. They're just going to remember that they can't trust you. And I think it creates a, a rift in the relationship. It does. It's and kind it, of irreparable and it's the same harm. It is. You it is irreparable harm. It's just, yeah. It's the same as timeouts, too, guys. You know, the the rule of thumb is put a child in timeout per their age. If they're three years old, put them in timeout for three minutes. I had children that were in timeout at school for 30 minutes because that's what the teacher wanted them to do, sit in timeout for 30 minutes. That's excessive. It's abuse, Mm -hmm. and it's irreparable harm to any child. And they got suspended. I'm talking about my own children, kindergartners and pre-K students. I'm telling you, it yeah. was horrible. I pulled them from that school so quick. It's horrible what's going on Absolutely. in this public school system. Yeah. Now, um, uh, I, I don't want to say that children do have rights, but it's up to the parents to be the advocate for their children. And it, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, you don't like what the teacher that your child was put with, okay, well, you could take your child out of that class and put them with another teacher. Is also the same with their education. 
and what the school does while your child is attending it. I learned that because I had a very difficult time in school. I'm dyslexic, so they put me where they put anybody who had disabilities and were troublemakers at in the school. Uh, I had to learn all the stuff, IEP and all that other stuff. And uh, you kind of have to wiggle your way through it, but you basically have to have a stance, like, listen, this is my child. This is not yours. Mm -hmm. I send them here to learn, not for you guys to punish them. Now, don't sit here and call me up and say my my child did this and that and expect me to punish them when they get home. I will talk with them and see if they're going to tell me a different story or they're going to lie to me or whatever, but don't um, expect me to punish them because you want me to. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of those times when parents sign those letters saying, do not spank my child at school, do not paddle them, no corporal punishment, those letters don't, aren't checked, you know, every time, you know, a lot of places they paddle them anyway. In fact, there's been lawsuits over kids that already have medical conditions and paddling could have caused, you know, well, it's not just in school. Um, it's also when it comes from um, another generation that thought spanking was A-OK and they did it for everything. And right. you also have to deal with them as well because they're like, well, your child's having a tantrum. Why aren't you giving them a paddling? Well, because if I sit here and ignore them, they'll get over it. Yeah. And um, I mean, abuse is abuse. Right. Back in their time, it wasn't um, categorized as abuse. Right, and you're not going to change the thinking of people that grew up thinking that's the way to do it. It, It's just like a a whole bunch of old cultural stuff that used to be A-OK back in their day, but it's not A-OK now because, well, Things are changing. Yeah, uh, Joe Frost, who is the super nanny, did a poll and just recently uh, about spanking in schools. She was saying it's legal in public schools in 19 U.S. states. And she did a poll, and 1,000 people responded, and 90% of them said no to spanking in schools. So, you know, people, the attitudes have changed. And it's hard to sell that to the older generation. You're not going to change their minds. It's just like on politics mm-hmm. or religion. They're, you're not going to change their minds. But when it comes to your child's safety at, at school, you, uh, they're beginning to realize that people will sue or, you know, it, it's just more trouble than it's worth. And so I think schools are abandoning this, and it's it's happening, but it's really got to hold and it's hard to change. So, Julie, let me ask you this. Five, five years from now, where do you see this going? Do you see I think by the, corporal yeah, punishment? We'll, we'll Repeat that. Say it again. I think within five years to be banned by the federal government. And that's what I'm hoping. That, and I'm hoping that the laws are changed by the federal government, that they are putting this in action all across the board. And they have mm-hmm. to put it in, in action in every single state, in every single school, because That's we right. cannot continue moving forward 
with our children being abused at home, potentially, going to school, mm-hmm. being abused, the cycle continues and continues and continues, and we have to put a stop to that, right? We have it to does. put a stop and to that. And children right. help, right? They learn how to be a victim of domestic violence. They learn to be a perpetrator of domestic violence through mm-hmm. all of this. It's just not okay. And mm-hmm. I think that we're heading that way. People are realizing that, you know, everything's in a big mess, you know, and that we all need to do changes. And it, it, it takes effort. You know, it doesn't take any effort to be lazy and just smack somebody if they did something you don't like. But that's not that's not going to change anybody's behavior. All that does is make the situation worse. All so right. I think, and uh, what, what Aaliyah mm-hmm. was saying, I, I agree with what she was saying. I grew up uh, pretty traditional as well. And my my parents had a – my parents and the country or the town in which I grew up in, as well as the schools, they also had a saying, spare the ride, spare the child, right? Uh, so, right. you know, it's, it's, it's a traditional saying. It's biblical, you know, if you spare the ride, you spoil the child. I'd heard that every single – all the time growing up, all the time. And I never understood what it meant, right, until I got oh, older. Spare the ride and spoil but, the child, <laughs> you know, don't hit them. I don't know. I raised my three kids. I didn't have to hit them. I mean, if you if you redirect their attention, you know, if they're getting a little wild and crazy, you know, it takes time and patience, and people just don't take the time and have the patience. But we're, we are making progress, But and uh, skill, schools need to be held to our standards. And I know our alumni, and there are good ones that are working to make that happen, like Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. She's got a bill that would help, you know, improve the lives of our children while they're at school so that they're not being secluded or restrained or uh, hit with a wooden paddle. But those things will happen. I just don't know when it's going to be. Wooden or soon. any paddle. Yeah, any wooden paddle. or any paddle. paddle. Yeah. Right. No. Because in Catholic schools and some of them private schools, exactly, you you have uh, the yardsticks, and we were accustomed to the yardsticks and the rulers in school, as well when I was coming up, you know. And so I experienced it in in every capacity. And so I think that the the laws and times are definitely changing now, and uh, and it's important that we continue to to support um, and advocate for our children because they not only are they our future. They are our hope. They are. And you know what? I've mm-hmm. seen, it's shocking, but I've seen people that work in schools, actually men, take their belts off to spank kids. That, I've mm-hmm. seen, I know of three, three incidents where that happened. And the court always came out in favor of the educator right, over the child, always. That well, they allow corporal punishment, you know. Anything goes. So they can take off their belt and hit your child. Unbelievable. But, um, you know, we're going to get there. Um, and I, I love that we're able to share this information that helps raise awareness. And with awareness comes accountability. But in, we have to hold people accountable. Bill, I think this, hopefully we'll see something happen soon on that in the Senate, and hopefully it won't stall because that's exactly what happened in North Carolina. It went through the House and was approved, uh, and then it got to the Senate, and it just died in the Senate. And they haven't since then, even though none of the school districts now in Carolina, the public school districts, use corporal punishment anymore. 
through great advocacy. And that was in 2017 when the bill died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bill died in 2017, so it's definitely time. Uh, It's definitely time. I think we should definitely put it back before them right now while Trump is in office and and before the the passing over of that. You would think the states would be – that they would be – wanting to be the next state to ban this, you know, I think it would be a good thing for the state. It, if I'd have known about corporal punishment before I moved here to Tennessee, we wouldn't have moved. I had no idea. I told my husband, I know what school would be. You know, we moved here from Southern California, and I live in a rural area with about 8,000 people, and it's like farms and that kind of thing, and kind of low income. And I just never dreamed. I I saw corporal punishment in the student handbook. And once you sign the page that they require you to sign or send back, saying you've read the handbook and uh, whatever, that's giving them the permission, even though they don't need your permission, to spank your child. And Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know what corporal punishment was. I had to look it up. And I thought, oh, well, that's not going to be a problem. Our kids are all well-behaved and everything. Then the day came when my son was in eighth grade. And he said, you need to call my mom and dad. You can't do that to me. And, you know, they did call, and I him. told them, well, we don't do that to our kids. And I told them, don't do that to our child. And then that's how I got involved in advocacy. Well, we certainly appreciate what you're doing. We're going to go to the phone mm-hmm. lines in just a few moments. We're going to reach out to Alia, and uh, we got a few other calls that are on the line as well. Uh, Lucinda, any feedback before we uh, go back to the phone lines? Yeah, I, well, and I um, so I work in a setting that, is a therapeutic day school um, and so in Illinois and we were just um, told not too long ago that we cannot have uh, seclusion rooms or um, the locked the seclusion the locked seclusion rooms and there were so many of my coworkers that were complaining and I thought why are we complaining we shouldn't even have this to begin with we shouldn't even have to be told we can't use it Um, and so it was really it was liberating because we shouldn't have to have it. And it really made a lot of my coworkers that were, like you said, Julie, being lazy, um, really have to work hard to build these relationships with these kids, which is what they should be doing already. Um, Right. And so I, I mean, for, in my placement, I, I'm not, I'm five, three, I'm not big at all. And so I'm not physically intimidating, but there hasn't been a time when one of those kids has raised a hand at me and they've raised a hand at someone else because I have I'm not sure had they respect to, you. Right. right. I have not had, I have not had to be intimidating because I've worked on those relationships with those kids before I do anything else, because I'm not going to get anywhere without those relationships. So I would never want to badmouth educators or people who are working with especially kids with disabilities or that are, you know, uh, troubled kids that are acting out because, you know, they can be violent too. And I understand Mm -hmm. that they have to be able to deal with, you know, these people, but there are safe ways that they can be trained in how to do that. Yeah. And 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 then those are the kids I work with. I work with the kids that do physically, verbally threaten the adults have right. been threatened many times, like but said, there's no, right. It's not, it's, and I, you know, one of the things that we've been doing as an agency and as a school is going out and um, educating other community schools about trauma-informed practices that they can be doing instead of the other things like corporal punishment or, um, you know, anything that's abusive, verbal abuse right. to the kids, making them feel like they're that's nothing. That's exactly correct. Um, so that's, that's exactly been correct. really fun. 
that's been really important to the school that I work for, which is why I appreciate one of the reasons I love it. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can, I can do something in a community and even if I can't change it on a bigger level, I can do that in this community and at least, you know, create that awareness. So the schools around here can know that there are other options. Yeah, that's so good. I thank you for sharing that with us because I, I would never, I'm not. I, I'm not about bad mouthing educators. I. I. Mm-hmm. I think that they're wonderful. They. It does take a lot of patience. It's got to be incredibly hard to do what they do every day and to take care of so many children, especially if they have you know acting out issues or um, some sort of learning disability or whatever. And they, they. I know they can be hard to, you know, to go with the program sometimes. And, but the answer isn't by using violence, and there are other no, exactly. no violence, no no threatening, right. no yeah, positive reinforcements. You got to have that. No threatening behaviors, right. uh, mm-hmm. because we, we we lead by example. If they see us, you know, doing this, then they're going to mimic that. They're going to grow up and, mm-hmm. and be, you know, be and do the same thing as well. And again, I wish I had advocates as a child um, that was, you know, doing the advocate advocacy that we're doing now and that would have just changed that whole generational piece right that would have altered that because no Mm -hmm. child third fourth grade fifth grade I wasn't even in fifth grade when I experienced all of this with the paddling and the the whipping the beatings the spankings in school and the seclusions and the restraining right yeah yeah. But I, I taught all my kids when they were growing up to protect them from sexual abuse because mm-hmm. that happens a lot with people in your family or people that know them well or that have access to them. So you have to teach your kids, you know, people don't have a right to be putting their hands on your body. You, you That's know, they right. Don't yeah. be because you. Yeah. Paddling is, is paddling is borderline sexual abuse as well. It absolutely is. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. It's uh, related. Like if you research it on the Internet, you're going to see a lot of smut because there are people – are, you know, aroused by that thing. I think it's more of a power thing than anything. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's dangerous, and we shouldn't be subjecting kids to that in schools. At the hands of who knows, you know, a lot of the people who work in schools, they have a big uh, problem with uh, sexual abuse of children anyway. And I'm not saying they're all bad, but, uh, but it, it is a problem in our schools. And um, to be having them paddling or spanking kids, some people you know, will take advantage of that. They are into that kind of abuse of children and violence, and it's not Yeah, it, it's not be acceptable. paying our tax dollars to have that happen to kids, you know. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. We're going to the phone lines. All the phone lines will be muted. We are going to a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week, you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews, as well as personal relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. 
The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? If I can reach one person through an inspiring message, I'll say if you want success, pursue your dreams without permission. If they say you can't, you can. You captain your ship, your faith. If they say you won't, you will. You master your spirit, your life's purpose. If they say you are not, I am. You are the boss and master of your goals, your destiny. Follow me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, KingYah2020. My podcasts are also available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just look for King Yacht. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, or constructive criticism regarding our podcast, please email your concerns to us. Thank you. Welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week, you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews, as well as personal and relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? show. We have a very special treat for you guys tonight. We uh, we want to wait, welcome our specialist, Ms. Julie Worley, who is a parent and grandparent of children attending schools in Houston County, uh, in Houston County, Tennessee, and president of Tennessean for Nonviolent School Discipline. And her website is um, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash for kid sake dot org uh, children's advocate working to abolish school corporal punishment hitting of children in the U.S. follow on Twitter at no number two hitting no number two hitting and again if this is your first time being here I want to say thank you, and I encourage you to keep listening. We have some stuff to talk about. 
I mean, we got to get into it. Stop the violence against children. Violence is going on against our children every single day here in America. And we want to petition the federal government. We want to petition the governor and the government to stop corporal punishment against our children. We need to stop corporal punishment against our children. And your voice matters. There is no difference in abuse from whether you are yelling at a child, pulling a child's ear, slapping a child, beating a child, whipping a child with a paddle. It's all abuse. Abuse is abuse. There's no such thing as, oh, um, it's not really abuse because, you know, it's corporal punishment. No, it's abuse. Children, they have a right to their bodies. They have a right to be respected. They have a right to be heard, and they have a right not to be treated inhumane. Uh, we're going to be bringing Miss Julie on the line in just a few moments. I am just so pleased to have her as our special guest tonight, and we have a lot to learn, guys. You're in for a very, very special treat. So with no further ado, we're going to bring in Miss Julie. Hi, this is Julie. Hey, Julie. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm going to be here. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I was just telling our listeners that we've got a lot to talk about. We got some laws that we need to change. We got some bills that need to be passed. And I just want to thank you for your resilience and for everything that you've done to shed light on this situation, right, on this appalling situation with our children. Uh, With this Stop the Violence Against Children piece, it's imperative that we continue this work. And you have shared some phenomenal information, and I appreciate you so much. I just want you to know that I really appreciate you. So with no further ado, let's get into it. (laughs) Okay. Well, currently there's a bill in Kentucky to ban hitting children in schools, in the public and private schools in Kentucky, in the state of Kentucky. And we need that worldwide. We do. Oh, yes. And I think that that is the direction that we're moving. And it's a painful journey making this change. It's necessary and it's the right thing to do. But the resistance, sadly, is comes down to politicians and they're pandering to religious conservative type people for their votes. And that's what it comes down to because the medical community has been against this for a couple of decades, the American Academy of Pediatrics urging our lawmakers to ban this uh, hitting of children with wooden boards in schools. It's the deliberate infliction of physical pain uh, and as corporal punishment, that's what corporal punishment is. And, you know, the words that we use, the language that we use does matter. We don't call it corporal punishment. We call it hitting because it is hitting. And it's the deliberate infliction of physical pain, which is completely unacceptable. There's, there's, there's no difference from 
you know, a child being hit and an adult being hit. Like, if you hit someone, the rule of thumb is it's abuse. It's assault. Absolutely. It's assault on another human being. That's right. Our children have no legal protection against it. It's outrageous. We have to change there was that. A bill, yes, there was a bill passed, I think, at the end of last year that animal cruelty is a felony, a federal felony. But our children, they can be beaten, I mean, brutally beaten in a school, in a public school. And oh, yeah, tell me about it. Bruises and injuries and traumatized, and they can't even get so much as an apology from the school, usually. And even though educators have been arrested on felony utility charges, it usually goes nowhere. It ends up being dropped, dropped out of their file. There's no record of it. Um, they're, they're practically immune in some places, and uh, this is completely unacceptable. The fact of the matter is corporal punishment, most of it happens in just four states in the South, and those states are Texas, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Alabama. And there's a whole lot of paddling of children going on there, and it reflects badly on the educators. To me, that says that we're, we need training on how to deal with discipline issues and that we're lazy, frankly. I, I don't see how anyone could seriously call themselves or consider themselves to be an educator if that's what they do to children, especially when they know that it doesn't work because the same children are paddled repeatedly. And, you know, like I said, the the terror of it, some of these children, we're talking kids in kindergarten, even four years old, all the way through high school. There's a lawsuit right now in New Orleans, uh, well, in Louisiana, I'm not sure if it's New Orleans, where a high school student, he was an athlete, was paddled repeatedly with a paddle called Big Freedia, and there's a lawsuit against that going on, but like I said, usually these lawsuits don't go anywhere, but it does cost taxpayers uh, to try to defend these lawsuits against these school districts. And the whole the whole situation is uh, really frustrating. I've been advocating for children to have the right to a safe learning environment that doesn't include violence against them, hitting them with a wooden board, since 2008. And, you know, the change is coming, and it's just – like almost a school district at the time, it's, we haven't had a state ban it since New Mexico did in 2011. And uh, here in Tennessee, about two years ago, there was a law that was passed protecting uh, children with disabilities from being paddled in school. And unfortunately, it is discriminatorily applied and disproportionately affects boys children with disabilities, students, um, children in low-income areas, and children, you know, that are black or maybe Hispanic are paddled more than their peers. And it's just not acceptable. We can do better. It doesn't cost anything to ban it. All they have to say is stop hitting the kids and, uh, that's the right thing to do. It's better because it's been found, studies have shown that it's not effective. It does contribute to aggressive behavior and another uh, situation which they call adverse childhood experiences. Uh, the short term is ACEs. And that's where, you know, the traumatic experiences that we have when we're children 
cause us mental and physical health problems over our lifetimes. So we know that this isn't something that we should be doing to any child. And in fact, most of the United States, the majority of school districts in large urban areas in 31 states have had this banned in schools for decades, literally. It has been a non-issue. It's pretty much hands off the kids. But in some of these places in the South, we just can't root it out. And like I said, the obstacle is the politicians. Like here we are in Kentucky, and the same thing happened in North Carolina. It passed the House, this bill. This bill has been gone through the process, This is, I believe, the third time. Students were involved with writing this bill and working with lawmakers, and they were there testifying to the House in Kentucky the members of the House of Representatives, and the bill did pass there, and it has a lot of support, bipartisan support. There were people there from the medical community in Kentucky and and even educators. Um, Everyone is supporting this bill, but now it's made it to the House, and the House chairman there, Max Wise, there was just an article published on March the 5th saying that the bill paddling in Kentucky schools is idle, but it's not dead yet. So he's holding off on this, bringing it to a vote, waiting to hear from lawmakers who want to talk to superintendents in their district. And according to the article, uh, there have been just a couple of districts over 12 in Kentucky that used corporal punishment last year, and there were 284 instances of paddling, and most of that happened in eastern Kentucky. But uh, the children's youth advocates there, Kentucky youth advocates, have been working on this since 2009, trying to get it banned there. Uh, And they're saying it just doesn't work, and it's the opposite of what education is trying to achieve. So I I do think that we're making progress, and it's just maddeningly slow. It's taking so long. And we just have to be persistent and, um, you know, hope for politicians who are more – caring about what's going on with our children because this can reduce, you know, violent crime, domestic abuse, uh, people that are unemployed or have addictions or that end up going to prison. All of those things are considered uh, adverse childhood experiences and those are some of the negative outcomes that end up costing taxpayers. So it does make sense to deal with this, you know, while the child is in school and try to do things that are positive behavior supports like um, restorative justice where you find out what's going on with the child. You know, maybe there are issues at home. And sometimes kids just need to talk. We're not treating children like children. We're punishing them for being children. And that's unacceptable. And it's really unacceptable when animals have more, more legal protection against being assaulted than a child. It's absurd, Julie, is what it is. It's absurd. It is. I, I just, I'm just wondering, why is corporal punishment one of the hottest topics widely debated by the federal government, like psychologists, experts, and parents? Why is that? Right? Because I think it's hidden, it's hidden from view. People don't realize this is still going on. They thought it ended decades ago, and they're so wrong. They don't know. People don't know. And in private religious schools, they do receive taxpayer funding. This is going on. Uh, people just don't have any idea. It's going on, I think, in 48 states in private religious schools that get taxpayer funding, charter schools. 
but but um, public schools, it's legal in 19 states, but like I said, most of it happens down in the south, and four states account for like 70% of the school corporal punishment. But where I live in Tennessee, most of the school districts here in Tennessee do allow corporal punishment. And sometimes children come home brutalized. I mean, they've got bruises all up and down their body. And I don't know why why people don't use common sense. I mean, it, I wouldn't ever pick up a board child. Uh, you know, and some people are so afraid of lawsuits, they won't even put sunscreen on a child if they're going to be out in the sun or whatever. But yet they'll hit them with a wooden board. It makes absolutely no sense at all. And there are federal bills to ban this. There, there's one been introduced... I think six times, uh, Representative Hastings from Florida is the latest uh, sponsor. It's HR 727. And it never makes any progress. It's just sitting there in Congress, but it's a good bill. And like I said, the only holdup here is it's not a priority to our lawmakers. And people don't know I about think, it. So, yeah, I think if we, you know, we, we got to keep it in the front and center. We have to keep it front and center. Right. Um, it's, you know, and if you research and online, yeah, you will find that there it is constantly in the news. There, people do research, and people have pushed for these good changes for our children. All of our children deserve to be treated humanely and in a safe environment in school, where they're not afraid of being hit by the adult in charge. That's got to be terrifying. I can't even imagine it. Absolutely, yeah, it's and, terrifying for a child. They're already intimidated absolutely. because you're an adult and you're taller than them, and then for you to physically oh, harm yeah. them and threaten them. You know, intimidate right. them and, and assault to, them day yeah. to day. And they're in pain and they have to sit there with tears running down their face and humiliated, go back in the classroom and to you as being the adult in charge. It's outrageous. It's irreparable harm. It, they're cer- never it certainly be is. It certainly is. That's you know? right. And there's no one there to protect them. It's just unbelievable. And we've had so many, you know, professionals come forward and uh, try to advocate on behalf of the children. I don't know why we're having such a why there's such an issue on this. Uh, I mean, politics. One, you think the DC. One, you think DCSF would be uh, definitely involved in, in in a situation like this, right? Uh, as they are in the you case of so. minorities, you think that they'd be well, head in on this. Well, you know? here in Tennessee, you know, several children in the last few years have shown up with bruises, and the state officials at the Department of Children's Services have stated that there is no wrongdoing because the law allows it. it was, it's basically no rules. Anything goes. And they don't protect children. They can come home all bruised or whatever, and you're just basically out of luck if you're the parent. It's and so horrific. parents go crying to the, the news, and they you know try to warn other parents about it. But the thing is, mm-hmm. state law here in Tennessee, for instance, does not even require parental consent. They don't have to call you. They don't have to notify you. They can take your child and hit them with a piece of wood. Mm, 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 mm. You know, it's because of it. it's because of advocates like yourself and uh, Jody Cohen and is it uh, Haru Corn as well? Is it Corn or Cor- Cor- Am I saying Cohen, their names? Yeah. Co- Cohen. I know yeah, Cohen, but then there's right. Yeah, then there's C O R Y N E. Is that Haru Corin? Cor- oh, maybe. Jefferson. Yeah, those are people that work on yeah. uh, an investigation with ProPublica. Right, um, ProPublica, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer Smith, yeah, she was one of the other ones journalism. as well. Yeah, yes. and they expose I, what's going on to the kids in the school. I love it. 
I love that they're exposing what's going on with these children. And I just don't want to be butchering their names, but <laughs> I want to definitely um, say thank you to, to Stacey Padden and Joey Cohen and Haru Cohen for, for the work that they've done and Jennifer Smith and yourself and all the other advocates that are fighting for justice uh, in an unjust society that, that fails to protect our children from such heinous crimes as assault against their, their bodies. It, it It's just horrible. And it matters. I mean, it's, that's right. These kids, they're going to be adults in the working world, and they're going to be our future, and we need to show them some respect. The only way you can get a child to respect you is you have to earn it. You cannot get respect through fear and violence. That's not going to happen. If you're treated with fear and no. violence, you're going to distrust that person, and you're going to be angry, and you're not and you're going, going to, to remember reproduce that fear. punishment with four. Yeah. You're right. not going to remember what that punishment was for. You're just going to avoid being caught, you know. So that it's it's ineffective. It's unfair. It's unjust. And it's a fault. I, you know, they they would never show that on TV because it would stop in a real hurry. If they had, like, you know, showed it on the 5 o'clock news, these children being paddled in schools. I think they should have cameras in the, in the, the school uh, buildings in all the common areas so that uh, people could just check in and see what's happening with the children. Exactly, they because you got some of these schools, they got, a, they, got, they got a closed-door policy. They sure you, do. They have you a closed-door policy in. where you can't just come in. you got to let right. them know and that you you're coming your to voice, these schools. They'll have you arrested and hauled out of there. That's right. You can't go in there and threaten anyone, which is, I understand that's how it should be. But, uh, but they do need to be held responsible for the way they treat the kids. And I, I think that we're moving that direction, but it's just taking time. And it does take people to speak out, and it does take investigative journalists to uh, show what's been happening so that it's more of a common knowledge, and uh, that brings about change. And I think with social media these days, it gives everyone a voice, and we can all share our experiences, and the people that are interested in those experiences can find that online and we can get together and advocate together or at least toward the same goal and that's going to bring about the changes but i think ayana presley that was recently introduced in congress in the united states congress to try to incentivize uh moving away from punitive measures in schools with children and trying to encourage more positive interactions with the kids for for their health and for everyone's safety, and it's just it makes good sense. And and if if they incentivize it with federal tax dollars, it could actually happen. And I think that those changes will be coming in the future, and hopefully very soon. Yeah, anytime you talk about grant money and additional monies, uh, they will definitely get their act right together. We're going to bring on uh, my co-host, Ms. Lucinda. She's also uh, an educator as well. Uh, Lucinda, your phone line is open. How are you? I'm great. I'm Good. glad I Lucinda joined. This, me- is, this is something I'm, gl- that, uh, <laughs> I'm passionate about. I'm glad Absolutely. you joined, too. Our kids deserve it. Julie, meet Lucinda, our co-host. Uh, Lucinda, Hi, Julie. Julie. We got a lot of people on the line tonight. Yeah. And the resources are free to anyone online. You can find uh, not child discipline resources 
and I know good ones off the top of, well, three good ones off the top of my head. Uh, one is sparethekids.com, and that's run by Stacey Patton, and she's an author, and she's a very strong advocate for uh, nonviolent treatment of children, especially in our schools. And uh, another is .com, and that is run by Asada Kirkland, and she wrote a book, and it's excellent, and she passes it out. I believe she's based out of Chicago. And she meets people on the bus or whatever, and she shares her book and her time, and she talks to people. And she's just a lovely life out loud type person. And uh, the last one I can think of off the top of my head is Project Nospank.net. Repeat that again because you're breaking up. Project Nospank.net. That's clear. Thank you. So those are all places people can go online to learn more about nonviolent uh, child discipline. There's also you know, Julie, uh, PBIS. Oh, PBIS? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Schools, which we're moving more toward that and restorative justice. And I think that those are much better ways to approach when a child's having, not to punish them, but to try to get to the root of what's causing it and how can we help. Absolutely. You know, I just wish we had advocates like this when I was growing up. I, uh, I know. I've I heard that. And I, I was, see, you see so I many was definitely a victim. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to say that I was definitely a victim. Like, I grew up and, uh, in Illinois, in a small town, and the school that I was attending, they bared no shame. They would whip you with a paddle, a wooden paddle, a rubber paddle, a yardstick, I mean, just whatever. And I got it pretty regular in school, I tell you. It was just horrible. I hated school. I can't even imagine what it's like even to witness that much less to have it done to you. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be the horrifying and terrifying. I just can't imagine it. And I wouldn't want that for my child. I wouldn't want them even to be in in an environment like that. That's just that's just one aspect of the abuse. Not to mention right. you've got children being restrained, you got children being in seclusion, you know, that's uh, right. the, the the whole school to prison pipeline. You know, we've got that, right. that going on as well. And it's I mean, real. it's just it's one after the other. And unfortunately, we just uh, don't put as much thought and effort into what's going on with the kids as we need to because we can't trust, unfortunately, we can't trust the people in charge that are working mm-hmm. in these schools or whatever. They, they're they exposed to whatever that person's issues are, you know. And I think most educators did. But there are some who are abusive, and, you know, it, it's a tragic thing. Some of the things that happened in the schools, it's been detailed in other investigative uh, reports. Back in 2009, there was a CBS investigation uh, by the United States Government Accountability Office that found that abuse in schools is widespread. And since then, really not much has changed. And we are starting to see changes. This ProPublica did that investigative Um, report there in Illinois in the schools and the governor Mm -hmm. jumped right in to take emergency action to, to halt the isolated timeouts in the schools. And that's, that's good. We're seeing progress because when we have reports like that, it sheds light where it needs to 
be so that people are more aware of it. And when abusive situations are happening to children, they're so innocent, uh, you know, people demand that, you know, we change that. So this is going to happen. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. We're going to continue to fight this fight and advocate for these children because they are certainly a significant part of our future. And we have to protect them. If we don't protect them, no one else will protect them. These are our That's doctors, right. lawyers, educators, scientists, geologists, NASA. Uh, yeah. You know, we need them. We need them. And if yeah, we are no stunting their are, growth and their future now. What, yeah. You know, they're going to be – they're important in somebody's life now, and they will be the rest of their life. And we need to make sure that we're treating them right. It matters. And it doesn't matter they're the, yeah. the person that serves our food or whatever. I mean, all of those, all all people matter. It doesn't matter where they come from, and to treat them differently based on where they live, because this is what it comes down to: is zip codes. And right, exactly. That's not acceptable. And you know, the United States is the only nation that has not signed the United Nations Treaty. Uh, uh, for well, a treaty for children, you know, saying that children deserve uh, not to be abused, et cetera. We're the only nation that won't I, sign that because I our wonder why that is. folks want to believe that their children is, are their property. And, you know, if they want to beat them, they can, which is not okay. So I think that we're going to see, we'll get there. You know, it's just been a, a struggle and it's, but it's a struggle that's worth it. The fight, it's worth it. So, um, mm-hmm. I, and raising awareness, which we, we, we're we doing that. And like I said, we, they're using our words now. You know, now they're using words that everyone can understand. They're not dressing it up and calling it a cute thing like paddling. You know, that sounds so sweet. It doesn't sound harmful, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It is very harmful. It is, absolutely, because they're beating these children. They're hitting these children. They're assaulting these children. It, it, it is all the same. It's abuse. It is assault. It's abuse. It's mental it abuse. Assault. It's, it's physical abuse. If you, if you work and your boss could take you in the office and take a big wooden banking paddle and, and hit you with it a couple of times, can you imagine how that would feel? I, I can't even imagine it. And this is what's happening. I need children. you, to, Julie. I need you to repeat that because you kind of went in and out again. Just repeat what okay. you just said. I want to make sure I that we have that clear. If your employer could take you and paddle you in an office for being late, say, you know, this is what our children are facing, and it is assault. And the only group of people that are government employees, people who work for schools that are paid tax dollars, after children and to teach them. Uh, They they they're not held to a standard to protect our children. There's no legal protection, and you can't even enter a government building with a school spanking paddle. It's considered a deadly weapon. Uh, another fellow ad- advocate had gone up to mm-hmm. the U.S. Supreme Court building, and the security people at the U.S. Supreme Court building told her that that was considered a deadly weapon. But in our schools, it's used to discipline children, and like I said earlier. Discipline and uh, respect are two different things. You can discipline mm-hmm. without hitting them. 
And mm-hmm. we'll never expect by, you know, you have to earn that respect. And that it, respect is mutual. It has to be earned. That's right. And that's Definitely. How and we, and if you treat them yeah. with respect, that's how they learn. And with that, we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to bring on another caller. And I believe this is Aaliyah. Let's open up your phone line. Aaliyah, are you there? I am here. Hey, Aaliyah. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Say hi to the gang. We're all here. Hello. Hi, Aaliyah. Hi, there. You just feeling the love. Any questions or comments? <laughs> Um, there's one comment Uh, I am from the south and uh, Florida um, has a corporal punishment thing where um, it's allowed Um, as a matter of fact that uh, I actually had to sign a paper when I put my child into school whether I want them to be spanked at school or not and I chose not, you know, I'm not going to have someone spank my child type thing. Um, right. Yeah, so what you're saying is correct. Uh, I remember when I was back in school, uh, you always see the same kids get um, a paddling. And uh, there was one time my brother got in trouble, and uh, they actually called my father from work and had him come down and paddle my brother at school while the principal watched. I've heard of that before. I can't imagine it because I don't I don't spank my children, I don't hit them. I can't Im- I wouldn't do that. And my brother don't know um, they can say no. my, my brother was uh in for paddling so much that uh he knew to wear at least 5 to 6 pairs of underwear so he wouldn't fill it. Oh, yeah, and even that, you're still going to feel some stuff. I'm telling you, listen, mm-hmm. I got my butt whooped in school so much, and I, I would get it from my first-grade teacher, my second-grade teacher. On one incident, one incident I remember, I, my first-grade, second-grade teacher whooped me, took me to the principal's office. The principal wouldn't whoop me because we were family. However, she called the, the PE teacher. Big, strong guy, almost six feet tall, right? Mm -hmm. He whooped me. When I went home, I got whipped. So I got my butt whooped when I tell you when I went back to school. My butt was sore, swollen, bleeding. I was, I hated the world. Mm -hmm. I hated the world. You're not alone, though. It's happened to many people. And decades later, they're still angry about it. It, well, and it, um, it, it, it's psychologically uh, traumatizing to some people. I mean, well, they may maybe experience the very severe, like your incident there that you just described. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. um, also from um, a Southern point of view, uh, Southerners really believe in tradition and uh, old-time ways, basically, as in, um, you know, your child did something really bad, so I'm going to spank you and you're going to learn your lesson. Oh yeah, and I I know a lot of uh, parents who do it. I don't do it personally myself. I try to talk it out with my children, except for my four year old. He doesn't want to talk. <laughs> but um, 
but it's mostly like, okay, you don't want to listen to me. You don't want to do what I say. I've had it to a point. I'm going to take something away from you and let that be a lesson mm-hmm. learned. I have told my kids, pick up your um, toys. They don't pick up their toys. I put it in a trash bag and I put them in my closet. You have to earn your toys back now. Yeah, there I are think. other things you can mm-hmm. do without having to right. hit them. And Because when you do that, they're not going to remember why you hit them. They're just going to remember that they can't trust you. And I think it creates a, a rift in the relationship. It does. It's and kind it's, of irreparable and it's the same harm. It is. You know it is irreparable harm. It's just, yeah. It's the same as timeouts, too, guys. You know, the the rule of thumb is put a child in timeout per their age. If they're three years old, put them in timeout for three minutes. I had children that were in timeout at school for 30 minutes because that's what the teacher wanted them to do, sit in timeout for 30 minutes. That's excessive. It's abuse, Mm -hmm. and it's irreparable harm to any child. And they got suspended. I'm talking about my own children, kindergartners and pre-K students. I'm telling you, it yeah. was horrible. I pulled them from that school so quick. It's horrible what's going on Absolutely. in this public school system. Absolutely, yeah. Now, um, uh, I, I don't know how kids say that children do have rights, but it's up to the parents to be the advocate for their children. And it, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, you don't like what the teacher that your child was put with, okay, well, you could take your child out of that class and put them with another teacher, is also the same with their education and what the school does while your child is attending it. I learned that because I had a very difficult time in school. I'm dyslexic, so they put me where they put anybody who had disabilities and were troublemakers at in the school. So I had to learn all this stuff, IEP and all that other stuff. And uh, you you kind of have to wiggle your way through it, but you basically have to have a stance like, listen, this is my child. This is not yours. Mm-hmm. I send them here yeah. to learn, not for you guys to punish them. Now, right. don't well, sit here and call me up and say my uh, my child did this and that and expect me to punish them when they get home. I will yeah. talk with them and see if they're going to tell me a different story or they're going to lie to me or whatever, but don't um, expect me to punish them because you want me to. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of those times when parents sign those letters saying, do not spank my child at school, do not paddle them, no corporal punishment, those letters don't, aren't checked, you know, every time, you know, a lot of places they paddle them anyway. In fact, there's been lawsuits over kids that already have medical conditions and paddling could have caused, you know, well, it's not just it in happen. school. Um, it's also when it comes from um, another generation that thought spanking was A-OK and they did it for everything. And right. you also have to deal with them as well because they're like, well, your child's having a tantrum. Why aren't you giving them a paddling? Well, because if I sit here and ignore them, they'll get over it. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, abuse, abuse is abuse. Right. But back in their time, it wasn't um, categorized as abuse. Right, and you're not going to change the thinking of people that grew up thinking that's the way to do it. It's just like a, a whole bunch of old cultural stuff that used 
to right. be a okay back in their day, but it's not a okay now because right. well, is things are changing. Yeah, uh, Joe Frost, who is the super nanny, did a poll and just recently uh, about spanking in schools. She was saying it's legal in public schools in 19 U.S. states. And she did a poll, and a thousand people responded, and ninety percent of them said no to spanking in schools. So you know, people, the attitudes have changed, and it's hard to sell that to the older generation. You're not going to change their minds. It's just like on politics mm-hmm. or religion; They're, you're not going to change their minds. But uh, when it comes to your child's safety at, at school, you, uh, they're beginning to realize that people will sue, or you know. It's just more trouble than it's worth, and so I think schools are abandoning this, and it's it's happening. But places it's really got to hold, and it's hard to change. So, Julie, let me ask you this: five five years from now, where do you see this going? Do you see I think by the, corporal the, the punishment? Will, will Repeat that. Say it again. I think. Within five years to be banned by the federal government, and that's what I'm hoping. That, and I'm hoping that the laws are changed by the federal government, that they are putting this in action all across the board, and they have mm-hmm. to put it in in action in every single state, in every single school, because that's we right. cannot continue moving forward. With our children being abused at home, potentially, going to school, mm-hmm. being abused, the cycle continues and continues and continues, and we have to put a stop to that, right? We have it to does. put a stop and to that. And children right. help, right, they learn how to be a victim of domestic violence. They learn to be a perpetrator of domestic violence through mm-hmm. all of this. It's just not okay. And mm-hmm. I think that we're heading that way. People are realizing that, you know, Everything's in a big mess, you know, and that we all need to do changes. And it, it, it takes effort. You know, it doesn't take any effort to be lazy and just smack somebody if they do something you don't like. But that's not that's not going to change anybody's behavior. All that does is make the situation worse. All so right. I think, and uh, what, what Aaliyah mm-hmm. was saying, I, I agree with what she was saying. I grew up uh, pretty traditional as well, and my my parents had a – my parents and the country or the town in which I grew up in, as well as the schools, they also had a saying, spare the ride, spare the child, right? Uh, so, right. you know, it's, it's, it's a traditional saying. It's biblical, you know, if you spare the ride, you spoil the child. I'd heard that every single, all the time growing up, all the time. And I never understood what it meant, right, until I got oh, older. Spare the ride and spoil but, the child, <laughs> you know, don't hit them. I don't know. I raised my three kids. I didn't have to hit them. I mean, if you if you redirect their attention, you know, if they're getting a little wild and crazy, you know, it takes time and patience, and people just don't take the time and have the patience. But we're, we are making progress, But and uh, skill, schools need to be held to our standards. And I know our alumni, and there are good ones that are working to make that happen, like Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. She's got a bill that would help, you know, improve the lives of our children while they're at school so that they're not being secluded or restrained or uh, hit with a wooden paddle. But those things will happen. I just don't know when it's going to be. Wooden or soon. any paddle. 
yeah, any wooden paddle. or any paddle. paddle. Yeah. Right. No. Because in Catholic punishment. schools and some of them private schools, exactly, you you have uh, the yardsticks, and we were accustomed to the yardsticks and the rulers in school, as well when I was coming up, you know, and so I experienced yeah. it in in every capacity, and so I think that the the laws and times are definitely changing now, and uh, and it's important that we continue to to support um, and advocate for our children because they not only are they our future. They are our hope. They are. And you know what? I've mm-hmm. seen, it's shocking, but I've seen people that work in schools, actually men, take their belts off to spank kids. That, I've mm-hmm. seen, I know of three, three incidents where that happened. And the court always came out in favor of the educator right, over the child, always. That well, they allow corporal punishment, you know. Anything goes. So they can take off their belt and hit your child. Unbelievable. But, um, you know, we're going to get there. Um, and I, I love that we're able to share this information that helps raise awareness. And with awareness comes accountability. But in, we have to hold people accountable. Bill, I think this, hopefully we'll see something happen soon on that in the Senate, and hopefully it won't stall because that's exactly what happened in North Carolina. It went through the House and was approved, uh, and then it got to the Senate, and it just died in the Senate. And they haven't since then, even though none of the school districts now in Carolina, the public school districts, use corporal punishment anymore. Through great And that was in 2017 when the bill died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bill died in 2017, so it's definitely time. Uh, It's definitely time. I think we should definitely put it back before them right now while Trump is in office and and before right. the, you would uh, think the that passing they, over of that. States, you would think the states would be, that they would be wanting to be the next state to ban this. You know, I think it would be a good thing for the state. It, if I had known about corporal punishment before I moved here to Tennessee, we wouldn't have moved. I had no idea. I told my husband, I know what school would be. You know, we moved here from Southern California, and I live in a rural area with about 8,000 people, and it's like farms and that kind of thing, and kind of low income. And I just never dreamed. I, I saw corporal punishment in the student handbook. And once you sign the page that they require you to sign or send back, saying you've read the handbook and uh, whatever, that's giving them the permission, even though they don't need your permission, to spank your child. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know what corporal punishment was. I had to look it up. And I thought, oh, well, that's not going to be a problem. Our kids are all well-behaved and everything. Then the day came when my son was in eighth grade. And he said, you need to call my mom and dad. You can't do that to me. And you know, they did call, and I him. told them, well, we don't do that to our kids. And I told them, don't do that to our child. And then that's how I got involved in advocacy. Well, we certainly appreciate what you're doing. We're going to go to the phone mm-hmm. lines in just a few moments. We're going to reach out to Aaliyah, and uh, we got a few other calls that are on the line as well. Uh, Lucinda, any feedback before we uh, go back to the phone line? Yeah, I, well, and I um, so I work in a setting that is a therapeutic day school, um, and so in Illinois, and we were just um, told not too long ago that we cannot have uh, seclusion rooms or um, the locked the seclusion the locked seclusion rooms, and there were so many of my coworkers that were complaining, and I thought, why are we complaining? We shouldn't even have this to begin with. We shouldn't even have to be told we can't use it. Um, and so it was really 
it was liberating because we shouldn't have to have it. And it really made a lot of my coworkers that were, like you said, Julie, being lazy, um, really right. have to work hard to build these relationships with these kids, which is what they right. should be doing already. Um, right. And so I, I mean, for, in my placement, I, I'm not, I'm five three. I'm not big at all. And so I'm not physically intimidating, but there hasn't been a time when one of those kids has raised a hand at me and they've raised a hand at someone else because I have I'm not sure had they to, you. Right. right. I have not had, I have not had to be intimidating because I've worked on those relationships with those kids before I do anything else, because I'm not going to get anywhere without those relationships. So I would never want to bad mouth educators or people who are working with, especially kids with disabilities or that are, you know, uh, troubled kids that are acting out because, you know, they can be violent too. And I understand mm-hmm. that they have to be able to deal with, you know, these people, but there are safe ways that they can be trained oh, in yeah. how to do that. Yeah, and and, I, and that, then those are the kids I work with. I work with the kids that do physically, verbally threaten the adults. Right. I've been they're threatened many kids. times, like but said, there's no right. It's not, it's, and I, you know, one of the things that we've been doing as an agency and as a school is going out and um, educating other community schools about trauma-informed practices that they can be doing instead of the other things like corporal punishment or. Um, you know, anything that's abusive, verbal abuse right. to the kids, making them feel like they're that's nothing. That's exactly correct. Um, so that's, that's exactly been really correct. fun. That's been really important to the school that I work for, which is why well, I appreciate one of the reasons I love it. Yeah. Because, you know, I, can't, I, can, I can do something in a community, and even if I can't change it on a bigger level, I can do that in this community and at least, you know, create that awareness so the schools around here can know that there are other options. Yeah, that's so good. I thank you for sharing that with us because I, I would never, I'm not, I don't, I'm not about bad mouthing educators. I, I, Mm -hmm. I think that they're wonderful. They, it does take a lot of patience. It's got to be incredibly hard to do what they do every day and to take care of so many children, especially if they have, you know, acting out issues or, um, some sort of learning disability or whatever, and they, they, I know they can be hard to, you know, to go with the program sometimes, and, but the answer isn't by using violence, and there are other no, exactly. and, uh, positive no violence, no, violence, no, no threatening, right. no, yeah, positive reinforcements, you got to have that, no threatening behaviors, right. uh, mm-hmm. because we, we, we lead by example, if they see us, you know, doing this, then they're going to mimic that, they're going to grow up and, and be you know, be and do the same thing as well. And again, I wish I had advocates as a child um, that was, you know, doing the advocacy that we're doing now. And that would have just changed that whole generational piece, right? That would have altered that because no Mm -hmm. child, third, fourth grade, fifth grade, I wasn't even in fifth grade when I experienced all of this with the paddling and the, the whipping, the beatings, the spankings in school and right. the and seclusions and no. the restraining. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I taught all my kids when they were growing up to protect them from sexual abuse because mm-hmm. that happens a lot with people in your family or people that know them well or that have access to them. So you have to teach your kids, you know, people don't have a right to be putting their hands on your body. You, you That's know, they right. Don't yeah. be because yeah. Paddling is is paddling is borderline sexual abuse as well. It absolutely is. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. It's uh, related. Like if you research it on the internet, you're going to see a lot of smut because there are people 
are, you know, aroused by that thing. I think it's more of a power thing than anything. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's dangerous, and we shouldn't be subjecting kids to that in schools. At the hands of who knows, you know, a lot of the people who work in schools, they have a big uh, problem with uh, sexual abuse of children anyway. And I'm not saying they're all bad, but uh, but it, it is a problem in our schools. And um, to be having them paddling or spanking kids, some people you know, will take advantage of that. They are into that kind of abuse of children and violence, and it's not... Yeah, it's not acceptable. We should be paying our tax dollars to have that happen to kids, you know. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. We're going to the phone lines. All the phone lines will be muted. We are going to a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back. Well, welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week, you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews as well as personal relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? If I can reach one person through an inspiring message, I'll say if you want success, pursue your dreams without permission. If they say you can't, you can. You captain your ship, your faith. If they say you won't, you will. You master your spirit, your life's purpose. If they say you are not, I am. You are the boss and master of your goals, your destiny. Follow me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, KingYah2020. My podcasts are also available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just look for KingYah. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, or constructive criticism regarding our podcast, please email your concerns to us. Thank you. <laughs> 